This is Packer and Durham on ACCN and Sirius XM Channel 371. Packer and Durham, Power Hour is upon us. Number is 844-SAY-ACCN. That's 844-SAY-ACCN. We continue to stream live on the ESPN app. Megan Tyrell coming up here in about uh, 15 minutes. John Rittman, Clemson softball coach at 9.30. Again, your phone calls as well. And uh, we've got some more parting shots before we get out of here today. NCAA Men's Golf Regional is underway yesterday. Mm. Some good news and some not so good news on that front. Jerry Haas and the Deeks, though. Woo! The ACC champs were rolling yeah, they yesterday. Were. Um, Big time. All right, let's get back to the phones. <laughs> Jeff in Tennessee gets us started. Jeff, good morning. Hey, guys. I want to tell you, you have a fabulous show. Appreciate it's it. It's been a joy to watch the last few years of, since I've been retired. But my question is, I, I didn't see you all or your your thoughts on, on Duke and who their uh, three opponents would be um, in the future. Well, uh, Before we answer... I'm going to put you on the spot first, Jeff. First of all, I appreciate the call. But who are the three that you do not want permanently on the schedule from a Duke perspective? Well, do as not want. As we've been the last few years, I would say I would say probably Florida State, Clemson, and Miami. Okay. Well, now you beat right now. Yeah, but you know what? Didn't you beat Miami in a monsoon a couple of years ago? Actually, a lot of people forget that. Uh, the last seven years at Cutcliffe played Miami, he beat them three times. And one That's of them uh, should have been a win was the, the crazy uh, the lateral return the lateral. with seven seconds to go. Yeah. 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 Got totally screwed on that one. But, no doubt about that. But, so, again, I see but you don't want to project a trajectory way up. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Okay. Now, who do I think they'll play? I think he'll play State. You can point to him. Get point to Jeff. If Jeff's watching this, Jeff, Jeff, you're going to get NC State. (laughs) Jeff, you're going to get NC State. Um, I don't see. See, I just don't think. I think you got a chance at, like, if you're one of the four North Carolina schools, and this is always such the difficult thing here because everybody thinks that there's just this ease of automatics. You know, flip a switch and let's play. I just don't see it. Not now. So who are we going to play? We're Duke. We get the three permits. I think Duke and NC State are going to play because Duke and NC State haven't played. All right, there's one. And then I think you probably keep Carolina, and then there's going to be an outlier. Well, who's your outlier? It might be Virginia, or it might be abstract off the grid. You may play Georgia Tech. You've got a great long series with Georgia Tech. I'm not sure. I Again, we're talking about the branding of where this is. That's another thing. See, if you're going to play NC State, you're typically playing one of the – you're going to get a commodity in there somewhere, probably. So think of the four or five brands that we've been talking about that you've discussed. Virginia Tech, Miami, Florida State, Clemson, right? Those four? Mm-hmm. You want to put anybody else on the major commodity? And mm-hmm. we're talking about no. television ratings. We're talking about that kind of Those thing. Those are the four. Those are the four. So, no disrespect if you didn't hear your name. That's It's not an indictment on it. It's just yeah, that win, in win the last more. decade, those are schools that television reacts to. It's that simple, right? Yeah. Okay. 
So if you're going to play State and you're going to play Carolina, you're probably going to go to one of the others I'm going to give for you the, the third. Team. I'm going to give you the outlier. Okay. You know Syracuse. Possible. Duke-Syracuse. Yeah. Yeah. Duke heavily invested in the Northeast. Sure. And if both football teams end up going sideways, they can talk trash about hoops. And see, here's the here's the part about this that you can't lock down on because this model gives you everybody every two years. That's right. That's the part you haven't had that you're now going to get. That's right. So while you get locked in on these three, like, you know, for instance, when I'll say I see that or I don't see this in my own head, I have to remind myself, but if I don't see it, I'm still going to see it every two years as opposed to every six. Right. That's why I like the model. Absolutely. It's an upgrade. It is a it's a complete upgrade. It is beneficial to all parties involved. And look, I get the division piece, just like I get the tradition of the North Carolina schools playing each other. But the reality's got to settle in here on how this moves. And here's the other question, too. Just as divisions were built with the anticipation that, oh, hey, Miami and Florida State, they're gonna play in the championship game. And it's going to be great because we've had these top five matchups for like, you know, nine times in the last 15 years when Miami joined the league, right? We never got it. So how does it work? Well, now you're going to create some other indifferences. Not everybody, you know, it's no world is perfect in this deal. By the way, uh, just curious because I don't know the answer to this. And I do? Come on. No, I don't. I think you do. Okay. Uh, When Miami joined the league? Yeah. Did you get around the room and go, Miami, you and Florida State, you, you two are going to hook up. You want me to tell you a funny story? You want me to tell you a funny story? Yeah, go for it. So I was working at Georgia Tech when expansion took place, right? When we went 9 to 12 and my dad and I, why are we going to 12? You know, the whole deal, right? Because we have to in order to survive. Son, you're crazy. (laughs) I don't get it. I just don't. If I had a dollar for every time, son, you're crazy. If I had a dollar in your house, in my house, for every time I heard that, I would be in Italy right now. You know, my brother. Full time. My brother is listening or watching this show this morning, and he is laughing because he knows. Like, he's already sent me one text saying, you know this is a conversation that's already happened. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because when I walked in and said, Dad, you know this thing's got to go to 12. You're out of your mind. Why? If I had a dollar every time I heard that line. So, Dave Brain's the athletic director right. at Georgia Tech and really enjoyed working for Dave and Dan Radakovich and obviously Homer Rice. The idea of expansion, though, got tangled when they came to divisions because they had to split the North Carolina schools. There were two models that when they went to put this together – there was a model that had the four North Carolina schools together in the same division. And everybody kind of said, well, wait a second. If we split, then we can create permanence and those kinds of things, right? So at the end of the day, Dave called me into the office, and this is the reason, he, and, and God bless him, this is why he did. He called me into the office, and he said, I got something to tell you. You're the czar. What are we going to do with this? And he said, I'm going to show you this, but you can't tell anybody. I said, Okay. And it was basically the working group of divisions. <clears throat> and it's a sweet moment. Looking back on it, very kind of him. He calls me in and shows me the divisions. 
because he knew what Carolina Georgia Tech games meant to my family and the ability to do them. And he called and I said, I just want you to show you that Carolina Georgia Tech are going to be in the same division. So you and your dad got to do football every year and basketball, whatever. I said, well, that's great. And I said, I'm curious here. <laughs> and he said, I asked him at the time why State and Carolina weren't in the same division and Virginia Tech and Virginia were. And I, I thought that was very interesting. What was his answer? He said because it came down to the the systems working themselves north to south. Now, remember, Louisville, Pitt, and Syracuse were not Pitt in exists. this discussion. Right. right. So it was the systems of, at the time, we had Maryland. So Maryland was going to be connected to the Atlantic side with BC and um, – it was Maryland was going to be connected because BC was the further Pitt and Syracuse weren't in the league, so BC and Maryland were connected together in the Atlantic Division, and Pitt and West and Virginia and Virginia Tech State in the Coastal. Don't slip with West Virginia because we will get calls, oh, yeah, we'll get calls for three weeks about. I heard on and, Packer and Durham, West Virginia's in the league. And to the people who are traditionalists in this, the Duke Carolina game and the State Carolina game in the system trumped Duke State. Wake Carolina, which has remained consistent, and I think going to, and I think now going to change, in some hmm. respect. We'll see. All right, we got another tweet here. This has been an unbelievable conversation. Well, you, this is again, you could spend twenty hours talking about this stuff. Mm -hmm. Wake, recruiting rankings, computer ratings, and national media. <laughs> that's the that's their three opponents. Uh, that's funny. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That's thinking out of the box. That a little is. creativity. I'm yeah, all for it. I like that. that. Mitchell, congratulations. Like well that. done. I, th I think that this is kind of the formulation, though, of what the future of ACC football looks like. And we're in a competitive situation with other leagues here. Here's Charlie Broker, Broker underscore Charlie. Uh, Louisville wants to play Florida State, Georgia Tech, and North Carolina. Hmm. Be a good combination for Louisville. Would be. Would be. If I was a Louisville fan, I'd sign up for that. Yeah, I think – don't you agree that – see, you got to think out of the box here, and part of the reason you have to think out of the box is Louisville, Pittsburgh, B.C., Syracuse. I mean, there's there's not as much traction. Boston College is a whole different – you know, Syracuse, Pittsburgh, Louisville, those are three entities that have not been through this. They've, they've been plugged and played. Atlantic, Coastal. You know, that kind of thing. And and now they get to kind of create a little bit of their own identity within the league, which is also good. And I like that. Yeah, I, I do. Absolutely. Now, I'll also emphasize for the hundredth time, where is your program five to ten years down the road? I mean, do you sense that, hey, we're doing this, that, you know, we can be a team that could become a potential college football playoff expansion team? That's, or are we good enough to finally compete for an ACC title? I mean, you kind of have to be honest with yourself mm -hmm. of where you think your program is going to be five or ten years from now. Right. Right? I mean, mm -hmm. there's certain schools you don't have to ask that question. I mean, yep. if you're, you know, again, the ones that we've mentioned, the Clemson, Florida State, Miami, Virginia Techs, hey, football's got to rock. Yeah. Right? Football's got to rock. So, I mean, you're, you're going to do that mindset. But there are other schools in the league that I think you're kind of at the crossroad of, hey, are we going to dive in and be completely committed to football or are we just going to kind of know our role and understand that, hey, can we get to a bowl? That's a nice year. 
that's going down the road. Yeah. And not everybody, if you're honest with yourself, will answer the question by going, hey, we are all in and then some. And you know what? If we don't get the college football playoff in the next 10 years, it'll be a major disappointment. You got to be honest with yourself, mm-hmm. and this is true whether we're talking about the ACC, the SEC, or somebody. I mean, if you're a Vanderbilt guy, you're not sitting around in the room going, "Hey, ten years from now, we're going to go kick everybody's rear end." No, you're not. Right. No, you're not. Hey, we're Mississippi State. No, you're, no, not. you're not. Sorry, Al in Florida. Before we get to the break, Al. Good morning. Morning, guys. What's up? Hello. Good morning. Yes, sir. Uh, go first ahead. Off, let me just say, I. I I'm the guy that's watching your show and has lower blood pressure. Um, Pac knows who that is. <laughs> um, I'd like to see Florida State, Virginia Tech, and North Carolina, and we'd like to see one more addition to that in that I'd like to see a permanent non-com for both Florida State and uh, Miami being Florida. Um to nail down the the state championship for all intents and purposes, and personally, I'd like to see that those two games played at a neutral field, and I'd like to see it someplace maybe Orlando. Okay. Bye. All right. Um, well, again, I, I don't know what the SEC is going to do. I mean, you know, Greg Sankey and all the smart guys in Birmingham will That's have to figure out be. their pod because it, we're sitting here trying to figure out three for the ACC. They're going to do 16. Uh, I almost want to pay to be in the meeting to watch them work the pod when oh, yeah. the an Oklahoma, Texas edition comes in. So mm-hmm. that'll be an SEC issue. They got, they've got good problems, right? They've got just so many teams that are totally invested in football and they're really good at it. So th- th- they'll figure that part out. Mm-hmm. But when you start talking about getting Miami – in Florida State to have permanent fixtures with the Florida Gators, all of a sudden you start talking about what's your schedule look like. Now, this is an SEC conversation, not an ACC conversation. Um, I hope, for the sake of college football, that Florida and Florida State continue, Georgia and Georgia Tech continue, South Carolina and Clemson continue, Kentucky and Louisville continue. Uh, For the sake of college football. We saw this expansion where all of a sudden we lost games that hurt college football. I mean, quite frankly, Texas and Texas A&M should be playing every year. I don't care about politics. Well, I don't care gonna. about who's – well, you assume so. You assume so. But that that needs to f- be figured out. So it's kind of hard to work on the non-conference part of this. Let's just figure out the conference part first. Uh, Megan Tyrell is going to join us next. We will talk to the uh, Syracuse scoring star for uh, – Kayla Trainer. We will talk to Megan next. The Orange continuing to the quarterfinals of the NCAA Women's Lacrosse Tournament. I mean, they come in all shapes and sizes for her, don't they? No doubt. Looking forward to talking to Megan next on Packer and Durham. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. Packer and Durham on a Tuesday. Guests galore coming up. John Rittman in about 15 minutes to talk about the Clemson softball being able to host an NCAA tournament regional for the very first time. But, Wes, we're going to central New York first. Yeah, Megan Tyrell is a scoring machine for uh, Kayla Trainer in Syracuse. 75 goals, 33 assists. My math tells me that's 108 points. And uh, she joins us this morning. Uh, first of all, congratulations on a great year. You guys have got to be thrilled uh, with the opportunity to to get back to this point in the season again. 
Yeah, you know, coming into postseason, especially after having such an incredible season with our first-year head coach, uh, Coach Kayla Trainer, it's been awesome. And, you know, in the postseason, it's always fun, you know? Like, everything's competitive, everything's uh, exciting to go into, so we're definitely looking forward to Thursday. Uh, Megan, I kidded around with you before this interview that uh, you're closing in on uh, Coach's scoring mark for a single season. Uh, apparently, that has not been brought up in conversation, I gather. Uh, yeah, no, definitely hasn't been brought up in conversation. You know, it hasn't really been like a focus point for us. We've kind of just been, you know, looking forward to Thursday's game. Uh, right. By the way, from a scoring perspective, we have been in awe just watching this league uh, in terms of offensive firepower. Um, I mean, when you get done playing a game, do you look around in stats of everybody else and going, man, Charlotte North did this again. Jamie Ortega did this again. And I just scored five. I mean, it's crazy how good the collection of talent is in this league as far as offensive weapons. Yeah, you know, um, you know, I think across the NCAA, there's very, very impressive offensive players. There was someone from High Point who just broke another record in the NCAA. So, you know, you kind of look everywhere and you see all these amazing players coming up and making big plays. But, Megan, do you guys get, like, on a group chat and talk about how much y'all score on each other? I mean, it's just unbelievable. I mean, <laughs> it just seems like the ACC – and, look, we talk about how great this sport is for the league, but nationally this conference has become kind of a powerhouse – and it's geared offensively. And I know the sport has picked up a lot of momentum because of that. But we're talking about three of the really top scorers in the country here, and, and you're one of them. I mean, I don't know how rare that is, but it just feels like it's uh, it's booing the momentum of the sport. Yeah, you know, the ACC has always been kind of a powerhouse for lacrosse. And, you know, even more so now with a bunch of players coming in and, you know, breaking records and doing all these things. It's been really huge for the sport itself. So, you know, it's such an honor to play in the ACC and so fun to play, too. All right, so you get Northwestern, right? You saw this crowd earlier, tough loss in OT. Uh, what makes it different the second mm. go-around? Yeah, you know, I think – oh, sorry. It's all right. For this, uh, sec <laughs> for this second go-around, you know, we've played them already in the season. We've kind of seen what they have and, you know, scouting them as their season went on, you know, kind of seeing what they've changed, what they've moved into. Um, it's something that we've been focusing on and – you know, it's like a lot of heart to go into play, you know, postseason. You know, you have one game guaranteed and then you're done. So that's kind of been our mindset going forward. Is it cool to see somebody you've seen before? Or, or I mean, you tell me, you, you're going to get a chance to live this. Or is it better to see somebody, I got no idea who they are, and we'll kind of figure this thing out as we go along? Um, I guess it kind of depends on the situation. I kind of like playing people that we've seen before just because, you know, we already know their personnel. Um, and, you know, not much really changes throughout the season usually. So, I'm kind of excited to play them again. Hmm. Um, you mentioned Kayla taking over for Gary. What kind of differences has it been? I mean, one incredibly successful, another one incredibly accomplished as a player who's one of the emerging stars in coaching. So what's that been like for for you guys to go through? You know, it's been such like a interesting transition for us, you know, going from Coach Gate to Coach Trainer. But, you know, they both have such incredible lax IQ. So being able to kind of see that and like how her brain works and how we th she thinks about things on the field and she kind of tries to put that onto us has been so cool for us. Mm. Uh, injuries are always a part of a sport and part of a season. Uh, you guys are no different. So what's that been like with Sis and everybody else? Yeah, you know, injuries are something that, you know, we're not unfamiliar with, something that we've been dealing with for the past couple years. So, you know, obviously – hurts when people go down and you know but you know our team kind of has like a mindset of next man up so you know when people go down people step up and you know I think we've seen that as our season's gone on. 
Uh, you and Emma talk about lacrosse a lot. I mean, is it just part of the uh, part of the uh, normal bill of fare, if you will? <laughs> yeah, we talk about lacrosse a lot. She likes to kind of be like my sideline coach. You know, she's always looking to either chirp me for things or give me advice. So, you know, she's definitely <laughs> one to always talk, <laughs> um, whether that be to me or some of my teammates too. Uh. By the way, uh, scoring celebrations. Wes and I have had a kick out of watching everybody since everybody's scoring in this league. Have we had to change up the celebrations? Have you stuck with the standard? Or you got something up your sleeve moving forward? What's the story? Um, I don't really know. I haven't really thought about it, but if I think of something, you'll see it. <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh. Yeah. That mean, you know what? That when you're sense. scoring as often as you are, it's kind of like, hey, sticks down, great accounts, let's go get another one, right? I mean, you're not even worried about all that stuff. Yeah. No, I yeah, not really, no. <laughs> That's, uh, it's interesting. You guys, um, you were in this spot a year ago and found a way to advance. What are the similarities, Megan, with last year and this year when you get to this part of the season? Yeah, you know, when you get to the Elite Eight, you know, you're one step from the Final Four. So um, kind of just putting everything out on the field, leaving everything that you have, you know, because – this opportunity, you don't know when it's going to come again. So being able to get to the Final Four and, you know, win the Elite Eight is something that's so huge for us and something that we're really pushing ourselves for. Hmm. Megan, we've talked about a lot on this show how lacrosse in the Syracuse market is not just a sport. It, it, it's something people pay attention to 24-7, 365, which may be unique versus maybe some other schools and other markets, not only within the league but around the country. What's it like being a lacrosse star at a lacrosse school? Um, I don't really know. I haven't really thought of myself like that or anything like that. I kind of just show up and practice or go to class and just kind of play. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> All right, but, but, but you do – I mean, lacrosse at Syracuse is different, though, right? I mean, when you, I'm sure you went through the recruiting process – there was something that attracted you to Syracuse where you went, man, this thing in lacrosse, it's a big deal here. And it is, isn't it? Yeah, you know, something that like immediately drew me here was like the history that Syracuse has in lacrosse, like both on the women's and the men's side. It was something that I thought was so different from other schools that I had visited before. So like that family, that culture that they had here and the history of it was something that was definitely one of the reasons that I wanted to come here. Hmm. I, um, I find all this kind of fascinating, the way that, the lacrosse kind of family and, and the culture dominate that landscape. Um, and also the way that the two programs now are intertwined with Gary, to be honest. I think that's, I think that's pretty fascinating. What, what does that mean to somebody who's playing? Do you, do you recognize it? Is it cognizant of, of the pride in the programs? Yeah, definitely. You know, I think it's something that both of our teams focus on or have like some focal point on, you know, and Gary was also someone who definitely instilled that kind of culture into the teams and I'm and spreading it to the men's team, I'm sure. So, you know, it's definitely been really cool to see. Hmm. At the end of the day, is it crazy to think the ACC is going to get three teams in the Final Four? Um, that could be crazy, yeah. <laughs> but that's possible. I mean, you know, North Carolina is obviously number one. BC sitting there at the three spot. You're there at five. I mean, it would be crazy to think the three ACC teams could get to that Final Four. It'd be something awesome, definitely. Yeah, I guarantee you. All right. Good luck this week. We're looking forward to watching you guys. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Megan. Megan Tyrell joining us today. 108 points, 75 goals. And you saw the stat, 75 goals on 102 shots. It's crazy. <laughs> 
I mean, it, it leaves her stick. It's going in. Game set match. She joined us a year ago. Yeah. Syracuse got there and looking to get back. But again, mm-hmm. chance for North Carolina, BC, and Syracuse to get yep. to that Final Four. Could be cool. All right. When we come back, John Rittman joins us. Clemson's on the verge of a landmark event. They're hosting a softball regional. We'll talk to the Tiger head coach next on Packer and Durham. Packer and Durham. John Rittman joins us from Tigertown this morning. Uh, we're sitting on the front porch of like history with Clemson softball pack. Uh, Tigers hosting an NCAA regional. Who'd have thunk this, John Rittman? Huh? Yeah, it's a it's a dream come true. You know, certainly we had a vision when we started the program, but uh, you know, I don't think anybody could have predicted in year three we'd be hosting a regional. And I I know last year we came awfully close and. Uh, we unfortunately didn't get to host, but uh, this year it's a, it's just a really surreal feeling for for not only myself but our entire program, and just so excited for our players. They've they've worked extremely hard to get in this position. Are very deserving. Coach, uh, we've been bragging about this season in ACC softball. Five teams consistently <clears throat> ranked all season long. Obviously, Florida State, Virginia Tech have been at the top of the heap and kind of the top five for the most part. Uh, you knew the ACC tournament was going to be a beast, but you knock off Virginia Tech, which is a great, great win, and really had Florida State right where you wanted them. You just didn't quite get over the hump there in that sixth uh, inning. But, man, a lot of the accomplishment, back-to-back seasons now in the ACC title game, hosting an NCAA tournament for the very first time ever. Uh, as Wes said, you're, you're beyond the fast track of what you're doing <laughs> with this program. It really is kind of amazing what you've been able to pull off. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's a tribute. Like I said a minute ago, you know, our coaching staff has done a great job. Um, I think we've done a, a, a superb job in recruiting, you know, high character kids that had a vision of coming in here and and being pioneers for our program. And, uh, you know, we got great support here at Clemson. You know, we got a beautiful facility and, you um, you know, it's just it's it's been an interesting journey that we've been on since day one. And, you know, the ACC tournament last weekend was just evidence of how difficult our conference is when a five seed can make it through and play for a, a championship against a, a tough Florida State team who's in the top three in the country. And we had to beat Virginia Tech and Notre Dame, you know, uh, to get to that championship game. And Notre Dame was a, a big game for us. You know, they had they had come down to our place about three weeks prior to that and, and kind of dominated us statistically in almost every category. And we found a way to win two uh, in the seventh inning and take the series. But uh, I definitely wasn't comfortable going up there and facing them in the first round. But uh, Millie Thompson, our, our lefty pitcher, just did a great job against them. And, and then, of course, you know, we go against Virginia Tech and, and Valerie just – pitched terrifically and we got some big hits off of their freshmen and then you know just fell short against Florida State and that's kind of frustrating because excuse me we've had a chance against them three out of the four times we've played them and been really close and just haven't finished the job but uh, really proud of our team and our effort and uh, you know being a number 10 seed in the in the national tournament is is something that we can be proud of and now it's time to go to business and, and get to work. John, I want to ask you about the bigger picture here, though, for a moment. And you're one of the few people who you've got so much experience beyond the walls of the Atlantic Coast Conference and what this product has become in the league. I feel like you can kind of give us the straight skinny on this. 
Um, we think this is as good as it's gotten in softball. I mean, you're looking at six teams in the tournament. You're looking at, what, four national seeds here. Uh, are we kidding ourselves here, or, or is this the sport that is on the rise nationally in terms of uh, maybe our expectations? There's no question. I think the ACC, um, especially this year from top to bottom, uh, is an extremely difficult conference. Um, I think if you look at the RPI numbers, uh, it's, it's proof that, that this is one of the top conferences in the country, if not the top conference. And, you know, certainly we, we have something to prove in postseason and, and getting more than one team to the World Series. But, uh, you know, when you look at the strength of our schedule and, and who the teams in our conferences are playing, we've upped the ante. And uh, we've competed at the national level. We, we've, uh, you know, been on TV a ton. You know, the ACC Network, you, you, you don't know how much that's helped uh, softball grow in, in our conference. It's, it's huge. You know, just the fact that, you know, I'm on this show this morning, there's a lot of conferences that don't have this this opportunity. And, and so that's great for us in our conference. But uh, really – you know, from top to bottom, there's not a weekend that you can take off in our conference. And, and uh, you know, we we beat each other up a lot, and now it's time to go out and beat somebody else up. Trying to get the number one uh, team ERA in the ACC. I'm assuming that's the strength now as you go to postseason play, right? You always get that question, offense or defense. <laughs> hey, if you could pitch, you're always in games. That I know. I don't care if it's softball, baseball, or anything else for that matter. You know – it's a great point, Mark, because when we started this program, we knew we had some hitters, you know, and, and uh, we knew we couldn't, were going to score some runs. I think Coach Jamison's done an awesome job with our pitching staff and, and a young pitching staff, you know, and, and they're, they've had a lot of success this year. And it's a tribute to their hard work and, and their ability to learn and adjust, especially playing such a difficult schedule this year. Um, our offense took a while to get going. You know, we, we kind of lost our confidence playing against all these tough teams early on, and we're not scoring a lot of runs. And, and uh, a big shout-out to all of our pitchers because they enabled us to kind of get our footing and keep us in games until our offense, you know, got going a little bit. And, and once the offense got going, it was, uh, it was interesting because we, we have the ability to put all the pieces of the – the puzzle together in, in regards to pitching, offense, defense. And that was very evident in our, our game against Virginia Tech last uh, weekend. We put everything together and mm. and uh, got a big W against a, a top three seed. So, um, but yeah, our pitching staff has been phenomenal all year long. All right, now you get to this goofy regional thing, okay? And then, mm -hmm. you know, you got all this great fan base. You're going to get a home game. You're getting all this regional stuff. And now we get to the goofy logistics of this, like you come out of the wrong dugout. You bat first, all this stuff. <laughs> you know, I mean, so how do you walk your team, a relatively young team still, program-wise, how do you walk them through the goofiness of the regional? <laughs> I mean, just the, just the craziness of it. Yeah, you know, we got a lot of experience last year at Tuscaloosa, um, obviously playing in front of a hostile environment sure. down at Alabama is, is going to pay dividends for us this weekend. But it's, an, it's another stepping stone in our program, you know, to be able to host a regional because there's a different type of pressure that's on everybody now is, is hey, you're the number one seed, you're supposed to advance by the numbers and and it's difficult. You know, we have one of the toughest regionals in, in, in all of the 16 that were announced the other night. And, 
you know, as Louisiana as a three seed, Auburn as a two seed, Wilmington, who's got a terrific pitching staff. If you yeah. look at their numbers, um, you know, it's a very tough regional. So I think our mindset going in and, and something that I have to convey to our team is forget about the number in front of our, our name. We've got to go out and bring our A game, you know, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. And uh, I think our team learned that last year. You know, it's it's a, it's a grind to win a regional championship. But I think we've prepared ourselves, you know, in the best way possible in our preseason tournaments. Um, we went on the road the first two weekends. The first weekend, we we were 4-1. and one, We lost a game to Texas, very tough team. And next weekend, we went to St. Petersburg, uh, Clearwater, the ESPN yeah. tournament. We played a ranked team every game, came out of there 3-2. and two. We hosted two tournaments, and I, and I told our team, you know, the first one is going to be like, hey, an NCAA regional, we got a three or four seed here. We had uh, St. Francis and Boston University. Boston University just missed getting into the tournament. They got upset by Lehigh. St. Francis won their conference. They're in the tournament. And I said, this is a great opportunity for us to kind of prepare for postseason. And then our, our last tournament that we hosted, we had Illinois and Liberty, and, and both of them are in the tournaments. So I said, hey, this is – this is probably like hosting a two or three seed. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so I think both of those tournaments prepared us for, for what we're going to go through this weekend. Coach, uh, now you talk about experience. When I was watching the, the championship game over the weekend, I thought both Florida State and Clemson were a little nervous. I mean, it's a championship game, right? I mean, you know, I don't care how many times you're playing it. Hey, it's the championship game. It's got to help you, though, doesn't it? You just talked about the experience you went through last year in Tuscaloosa. Great crowd, great team, all that stuff. But, you know, hey, you're going to have everybody rooting for you in your building, which is a totally different vibe than what you went through a year ago. But I did get a sense that everybody was a little jittery early. We saw plays on both sides that I normally don't see Florida State and Clemson make in a game like the one we had for the title. Well, I think that's a, a kind of a reflection of our three-game series when we went down to Tallahassee a couple of weeks before. And, uh, you know, it's just two heavyweights throwing punches. And I think both pitching staffs, um, you know, gave up quite a few runs in that in that series. I think the scores were 5-4, 7-6, and then they got us the last day 6 nothing. But I think it was a kind of a situation where both teams offensively put so much pressure on pitchers and defense because they hit the ball extremely well and they put balls in play and, and usually the balls hit pretty hard and – but like you said, Mark, I think we, both teams were nervous. You know, I mean, when, when, when you go out and throw the ball away in the first inning and, you know, pitchers are getting behind and counts, it's, it's just maybe adrenaline, maybe, uh, you know, just the fact that it's a, a big game and you're playing for a championship, you know, all, the, all those factors play into it. But, you know, like you said, it's, it's great experience for us moving forward. And, you know, it's, it's just another – thing that we can check off our list and you know hopefully in the future we get one of those championships have you had a chance to pause and just think hey you know four years ago we were just kind of stacking bats and looking for a budget <laughs> i mean you know right <laughs> there's no question you know one of one of the baseball coaches coach lacroix texted yeah. us the other day and is like hey feels like just yesterday you had like seven players on the turf field practicing for a year without a game you know you guys have done a terrific job and yeah. it gives us time to reflect and see how far we've come in a short amount of time and you know those are those are memories that that we will cherish forever and how we built this program and kind of started with uh nothing and and here we are now with all the blue bloods of of college softball 
Uh, By the way, have you gotten phone calls about, hey, coach, I could use two for Friday night? Oh, or yeah, what? I mean, yeah. Come how on. Many, how many of those? Because oh, oh, hey, Graham Neff's already talking about adding on to the stadium. I mean, we're just getting this thing started. I, I got to figure that the request for tickets this week is through the roof. It's crazy. It's, um, you know, honestly, it's a, been a little bit of a distraction through the whole entire year is trying to get tickets to softball. And, uh, you know, certainly it's, it's a nice problem to have. Have, you know, as a, as a business person, you think supply and demand and, and all of those things that go into it. Um, but it is it's a it's I guess it's a nice problem to have. But as a coach in our program, we're so appreciative of our fans. You know, we, we played in some venues where there's, you know, 100, 150 people and that's it. You know, so to come here and play in front of our home fans, they, they provide such an electric atmosphere. It's, it's special. And I know that our players and coaches will, you know, it'll be in the, in our memories forever, uh, kind of the run that we've had here. And, you know, hopefully in the future we get the seating stuff figured out so we're not turning people away. You know, John, I sit every morning in this basement with one of the most powerful Clemson alums <laughs> on the planet. <laughs> Let's get him going. We need to, we See, need to I, put pressure you know on people. <laughs> See, that's exactly right, John. That's my thought. In fact, last week when I sat between he and Graham Neff, I thought – Somebody here is missing a tremendous opportunity <laughs> to expand McWhorter Stadium to have the Packer grandstand. I, you know, look, we got some things going on, but I mean, you know, let me tell you something. What more marketing does he need in life, right, John? <laughs> let me tell you something, Coach. If there's not a giant smoker attached to it, you got no chance. <laughs> got no chance. Well, Mark, you need to get down here and politic a little bit for us, and uh, you know. Talk to the big wigs and let's get this done. John, here's the thing. You're going to have to win for about two more weeks because my man okay. is going to Italy on Saturday morning. So you're going to need to advance this thing potentially to Oklahoma City. That's it. To get the big man to uh, come out there to uh, you know World Series Stadium and uh, and get the uh, get that you know completion expansion done. If you know what I mean. Okay. Yes, sir. Well, right. that's the plan, and uh, have some fun in Italy. I know it's great food and good wine, so I'm sure you'll you'll enjoy. That's uh, what I hear, John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, John. Good luck. Really looking forward to seeing your environment on Friday when you guys get started. Hey, fellas, thanks for having me on. And I, I got a couple more visits till I get that mug, right? You are three away. Three away <laughs> from a mug. Away. Now, I'm going to tell you away. what. Boy, John, you just, by the way, you just sparked another line item in somebody's budget, That's and it's it. not yours. Thank That's you. It. Thank you, Coach Ripman. Have a great week. Uh, thanks, fellas. Yep, you bet. What a job he's done. Oh. Goodness gracious. Look, and again, there there's stories like this at a lot of institutions. We've seen it with Duke. Right, they've won Marissa an ACC Young. title a year yeah. ago. Clemson's going back-to-back ACC title games. Of both I Duke mean, and Clemson hosting this week for the first time ever. Look. Along with Virginia Tech. Pete Damore? This I, guy? I, the league's got great storylines. Yeah. Seriously. Great. It's not good. Great storylines. Yeah. This, this here, though, is one, if you're in athletics and you follow successful, you know, foundational business type, you know, deals – that's, this is one right here. No question. I mean, you think about it. Florida State's a two seed. Virginia Tech's a three seed. Clemson's a 10 seed. Right. Duke's a 12 seed. You throw in Georgia Tech first time they're in the tournament in 10 years. Yeah. Notre Dame's got Northwestern. I mean, the league is spectacular. I got to tell you, Aileen, Aileen Morales has done a terrific job at Georgia Tech mm -hmm. in a full rebuild. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Full rebuild. All right. When we come back, golf update. 
Yeah, boy. Tell you what. Some good, some bad. For the bad, the good. Some spectacular. Some spectacular. For the bad, the good news is you got 36 left. For the good, that played well yesterday, you got to protect in the next 36. Back after this. Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham. Packer and Durham. That'd be about 4 a.m. right there. A little dog walking music for you. Chester, what do you think? Uh, not not the big man. No, he's done. Chester. He, he, he's still exhausted from yesterday's uh, <laughs> haircut. Uh, Lisa uh, Friday on a Tuesday is directing the show today. And uh, the big man who was full curls yesterday yeah. is uh, now lost, lost deputy it. dog. Less, he lost there about he eight pounds of yeah. uh, curls yesterday. Yeah, look at him. My man. Out like a light. And absolutely runs this entire property. Yeah, no doubt. This dog right there yeah. runs the whole house. That's right. The only thing missing with Chester is a middle digit. Because <laughs> <laughs> if he had one, he'd, he'd flaunt it. Oh, my God. He is a piece of work. Oh, man. my God. The dog will stand in the driveway and look at you like, no, this yeah, is I'll, my driveway. I'll let you know. Like, you, like let It's you. like you giving out schedules. Oh, yeah. ANC State, you're going to get this one. That's what Chester does when Wes wants to leave. Chester will stand right in the middle of the driveway and go, yeah, I don't think so. Maybe in about 40 seconds or so, I'm going to yeah. get out of the way so you can get out of here. Uh, we got another call to squeeze in? I don't know yet. Do we? No. Okay. Uh, you, you want one, I'll call you. No, no. We're good. Uh, this has been great today to have all this social reaction and everything else to this, right? People have been reacting on social media. We got calls that have been great tomorrow on this show we had three, nine different states represented on phone calls in the acc footprint today how about the three you don't want tomorrow on the show social media and social media yeah that's, yeah. A, that's we'll, a, we'll put that up not the ones you want the ones you don't want yeah, i don't want any part of so-and-so being on there every year every year i'm not interested in blank every year I'll be curious if anybody puts Wake Forest on that list because of the Swiss, man. Everybody likes the Swiss. Okay, yeah, that Swiss thing. I'm tell you something. You think one more Atlantic Division <laughs> yeah. title eliminates more, the Swiss? Yeah, one more nine moniker. concept. And you, by the way, you're taking your flag to. I am. Kim Llewellyn sent me as I showed and yeah. displayed. It's already packed. Yeah, is it already packed? You've already begun the packing process. I already I've already begun to gather I've my already things. Started, yeah. and we're making one road trip to Switzerland yeah. next week. And so the Swiss flag is coming with me. What a moment that'll be it's in gonna be show great. history. All right, let's go to the golf scoreboard. Regionals for the men around the country. Let's go to PGA National. Lovely spot in the road. Notre Dame is third. Four over par after the opening day. This is a regional hosted by FAU. Now keep in mind for folks that are golf nuts, the top five teams and the low individual in each of the six regionals moves on. That's this it. is a 54-hole tournament, yeah. so you need to be in the top five from a team standpoint. Georgia Tech is on the Scarlet course, very challenging track Ooh, in Columbus, Ohio. That's a good golf course. A lot of good golf courses in Columbus area. Uh, Clemson third at five over. Georgia Tech and Duke T5 at plus six uh both need to uh play a little better there all right move along jimmy austin or no this is yale and deeks uh 13 under yesterday they threw a two under off the card 
You only count four of the five, so a two under got shelved. The they Deeks were, are golfing their ball right yeah, now. Yeah, they are, boy. ACC champs and off to a blistering start. In uh, the Virginia and NC State need a little bit of work today. Carolina's got to buy some insurance along the way. Louisville, by the way, it, the Ten Jimmy spot. Austin is 10th yeah. after day one. Yeah, they got work to do. Out in Oklahoma. Um, so, all that from a golf perspective. And uh, Brother Brent. Headed to Scottsdale. That's for big, it. But the big trek out there. Huh? And the Greystone. ladies get the ladies get started with the national channel. They've already done their regional, yeah. so they get started next week. And we will talk to Amy Bond, Florida State, tomorrow on this program. That's exactly right. Beatrice Waleen, the headliner for her program. Exactly right. One of the great amateur players in the country. So Golf, we'll, tennis, lacrosse, front and center, and baseball coming down the stretch here. End yeah. of the sports calendar year. Yeah. And football scheduling. Never uh, stops with West Durham. By the way, shout out today to one of the great Boston College Eagles of all time. Birthday for Matt Ryan. Oh, nice. Yep. Matt Ryan celebrates a birthday today. Former Falcon. Yes. Current Colt. That's it. And so happy birthday to Matt Ryan, who turns 37 years old today. Still making coin. Doing all right. Tell you what, I think their team's going to be good. Yeah, they got a chance. They got a chance. Good schedule, too. Like their schedule. A little upgrade. At the QB spot. Talking about the team. Yeah. Voice, voice of the Falcons. Yeah. Yeah, upgrade there. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. On the radio? Uh, no, the I'm, not, I'm not talking about the radio. On I'm the talking team. about the – The Colts, yeah. I'm talking about Colts the football team. Yeah, Frank Reich's done a great job. Maryland guy, ACC guy. Was. Yeah, was. Um, thanks today to uh, Melanie Welch. She was fabulous. Megan Tyrell. John Rittman, as always. Uh, thanks to everybody who participated in our uh, scheduling. Tomorrow, the three teams you don't want to see. Don't want any part don't of them. Don't want any Get part of them. Get them off my schedule. I don't ever want to see them every year. I know i got to deal with them every other year like those other two, but I don't want them every year on my schedule. Who are those three teams in the ACC? That's you it. Want no part of. No part of. We'll take your social. We'll take your calls tomorrow starting at 7. Casey O'Brien, fabulous work. Lisa Friday on a Tuesday directed. Do you have any Italian to close us out with? Tune into Packer and Durham weekday mornings from 7 to 10 Eastern for the best conversations about everything from the ACC. Find it on the ACC Network, Sirius XM Channel 371 and streaming on the ESPN app.